You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 221. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today I'm a little nervous. I rarely get nervous with my guests because I've been at this for a while, but today Neil Patel is on the show, and you guys, he's a legend. He's a really big deal. The guy is just brilliant, and he's a master marketer. So, I'm a bit nervous to chat with him, but I'm excited as well. If you already know who Neil Patel is, you're nervous for me too. Like I know because this is a big deal. But before we get there, let me ask you a question. If I were to ask you what your SEO strategy is right now, what would you say? (laughs) Are you laughing? Are you like, what strategy are you talking about? And in case I've already lost you, don't worry. You're going to become very very familiar with what you need to do with SEO in order to get it up and running on your website ASAP. I've got you covered in this episode. Now, don't be ashamed if your eyes glazed over the minute I said, what is your SEO strategy? Because I don't have one either. Now, if you have one, get up and do a little happy dance because that's impressive. But I literally do not have an SEO strategy. And For a long time, I said, well, I use paid advertising every single day for my evergreen funnels. And so I'm using Facebook ads and Instagram ads. So I don't really need SEO because I've got paid ads going. However, that's really a silly way to look at it because as you will see in this episode, we're going to talk about why you need both paid advertising and an SEO strategy. Now, the goal of this episode is for us to break down what exactly we need to do in order to get a really good, simple SEO strategy running on our website. In fact, it's a three-month plan that Neil is going to break down step by step by freaking step on this episode. I mean, he really gets into the details and you know I love a good action plan. So I think you're going to love this episode as much as I am. Now, of course, because I'm not an SEO expert and because I don't even have an SEO plan, I had to bring in the big guns. Just in case you don't know Neil yet, Neil is a New York Times bestselling author named as one of the top influencers on the web by the Wall Street Journal and Forbes. Okay, get this. Forbes calls him one of the top 10 marketers around. Now, I love that one of Neil's top values in his business is to be a champion. And part of that definition is that he is unstoppable on his quest to achieve goals for himself and his clients. In a nutshell, He's really big on results. That means what he's going to share with us today will get you results. You just have to do the work. And I know you don't shy away from hard work, so I think we're golden there. Okay, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's bring on Neil Patel. 
When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Neil, thank you so very much for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. And I have to admit, I haven't spent as much time or attention as I should on SEO strategies, but that's all changed this year because my team and I are being very intentional about learning more about SEO. And we're going to implement the plan that you share with us here today. So we're going to do what you tell us to do, and then I'm going to report back and talk about my results. So I am very excited to jump in. I know you've come with a plan, right? I've come with a plan. And in general, you know, it's like SEO isn't rocket science. It's not hard. As long as you follow this plan, broken it down into three main steps, you know, you should get results. Okay. I like that. And I'm a step-by-step kind of girl. So I'm so glad we're getting into three steps. Now, for me, I feel like SEO can be completely complex. And I have to admit, this is going to be a weird analogy, but I'm really bad at math. And for some reason, SEO feels like math to me, like super confusing, a whole different language. But I know that you can break it down to a place that it doesn't feel like that for me. And especially because I've seen so much of your stuff out there and you make everything feel more simple. So that's why I thought if I'm going to talk about SEO, I've got to have you on the show. Now, I want to tell you that most of my listeners are going to be at the beginner level for SEO. They're not in that advanced level. So if you're cool with it, we're going to get to the basics, right? Yep. That sounds great. All right. So first things first, will you tell me exactly or will you tell us what exactly SEO is and why we should care about developing an SEO strategy for our businesses? Sure. SEO stands for search engine optimization. Years ago, around seven, eight, maybe even 10 plus years ago, everyone used to call it search engine optimization. It's long. People then started calling it (laughs) SEO. And that's what it's known about now. And it's the art of making your website compatible for search engines. When someone comes to your website, and you know this, you create content for users, right? Like you have amazing video content, audio content, you have the whole gamut, right? Text. Yep. And you're creating this content for the users. But even if a user enjoys it, it doesn't mean it's going to do well on Google. Because what Google looks for, yes, in many cases is similar to what a user looks for, 
but the way they read the content, the way they analyze it is different than the way the user does because it's a computer. So in essence, if you want to do well on search engines like Google, you got to make your website compatible for both users and search engines. Got it. Okay. So that makes sense. Now, you are going to teach my listeners how to create a three-month SEO plan that if it was followed, it will bring them SEO success. And success meaning more traffic, more conversions, and ultimately more revenue. Am I right about that? That's correct. Okay. Now, tell me why we are doing a three-month plan versus, let's say, a 30-day plan. The problem with search engine optimization or SEO, you won't see results right away. It's a very long and hard process. I hate to say it, but it's true. And that's why most people don't do it. Paid advertising is so much simpler. But again, with paid ads, after you scale to a certain point, usually it stops becoming profitable. SEO does not convert as well as paid advertising. But think of this. Majority of the people don't click on paid ads. Google's worth $700 billion plus dollars. So if majority of the people don't click on paid ads and Google probably makes around 80 million or 80 billion of their 100 plus billion in revenue from just ads, it shows the power of them, right? So it's like, and if majority of the traffic goes to organic listings, how much more is that worth? And for that reason, if Google made it super easy to rank, companies wouldn't have to spend money on advertising. Mm, Okay. And a lot of my listeners are bootstrapping right now. They're just getting started. They don't have a lot of money to put toward Facebook advertising. So in my mind, I'm thinking, if you really nail down your SEO strategy and you get it going now, and of course, it's going to live beyond the hard work you do now, you are going to be able to not have to spend as much money on Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever it might be. I'm on the right page, right? You are, but... I rather think of it this way. Yeah. If you make more money from SEO and your business is more profitable, why wouldn't you take the extra profit and spend even more on Facebook ads or more on YouTube or more on Google AdWords? Because I don't look at it as one or the other or, hey, you should switch resources from one place to another. It's more so you got to optimize your business for total profitability. So if your SEO campaigns are spitting out you know, $20,000, $30,000 a month in profit, It just gives you more room to experiment on Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Google AdWords, uh, maybe even banner ads until you can figure it out. And once that works, like scale up both as much as you can, as long as it's profitable. I like your style. I wasn't expecting you to say that, but that makes perfect sense. Reinvesting in your business, as you know, or might not know, I'm a huge fan of paid advertising, especially Facebook and Instagram. So I love that this plan could actually give my students more money to invest in those strategies they're dying to try out. Okay, good. So this is even more powerful now that you said that. So I appreciate it. Now, you're going to give us this three-month plan, and we're going to start right at the beginning, but I want to tell my listeners that I have a free worksheet, like always, so that as Neil takes you through the three-month plan, you can download the freebie, and you're going to have it right there in front of you. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 221. That's where you're going to go to get the free download. But first, listen to Neil walk us through it, and then you can get the download and follow along. Okay. So let's start with 
month number one. And I was wondering, a lot of my students are health coaches, whether it be weight loss coaches, physical trainers, somewhere in that health world. So can we use that as an example? I know I just threw that on you. Okay. That's no problem at all. Okay. So let's do it. So that's our example. What do we do in month number one? Month number one is all about research and competitor analysis. With SEO, unlike paid ads, so with paid ads, you turn up a campaign, it either works or it doesn't, you fine tune and you go back. The problem with SEO is it takes roughly six months plus before you start seeing results. I'm assuming that because you said most of your students are beginners, they don't have much search traffic and they probably have newer websites. Because of that, it takes longer. If your website's been around for 10 years, it's And not just you've registered your domain for 10 years, but been live for 10 plus years, it's really old. It's much easier and quicker to get the results. But assuming you're brand new, you need to be patient. You'll start seeing some results within six months. Within one year, it really starts kicking in. Within two years, that's when things really start peaking. And to some extent, they may start plateauing as well. Okay, good to know. Okay, so the first step is research and competitor analysis. As I mentioned with SEO, because it takes a while, If you go after the wrong keywords, yeah, you may get search traffic, but these visitors won't convert into customers. I'll give you a perfect example for this. Let's say you're in the health and nutrition space. If you're getting a lot of traffic for building muscles and getting ripped and getting six packs, but your audience coming to your website is looking to live a more healthy, vegan, you know, organic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. talking about whey protein and supplements and bulking up and building muscles when people are looking to live like a more healthy, nutritious life, right? Because in health, muscle building and weight loss is totally different than nutrition. So if you're t- getting all these visitors from people looking to build up their biceps, but we are selling products related to nutrition, such as multivitamins, fish oil, things like that, it's not going to convert. So all traffic is not equal. You got to first start off by going after the right keywords. And you can use tools like SEMrush, which is paid, or tools like Ubersuggest, which is free. And you can type in keywords in your space. What they'll do is they'll give you all the suggestions of other keywords within your space that are similar, the search volume each month, and the cost per click. The cost per click is really useful if you're doing paid Google ads. It's also useful if you're just doing SEO, because if something has a high cost per click, the chances are it's worth more, right? Like when you're doing Facebook ads and you're teaching your students, sometimes you can get Facebook ads targeting India for pennies on the dollar. Would you agree with that statement? Yes. Okay. But if your students are selling products only in the U.S., and they get these clicks for pennies on the dollar, (laughs) are they going to generate any sales? No. Exactly. And and it's the same way. If a keyword has a $30 cost per click, the chances are people are willing to pay for it because it's not just driving visitors, but those visitors are converting into customers. Okay. Makes sense. So we're looking for quality for sure. Yeah. It's not about the number. It's more so about quality. Because if you just optimize purely for traffic, you're just wasting your time. Got it. But here's where I get really overwhelmed with keyword search. And that is that 
I've done it before. It's been a while, but I've done it. And then I'm not really sure what I'm looking for. When I get the results, I know you just kind of mentioned it there, but I feel very confused at that point. Yeah. So both these tools break down competition, cost per click, and search volume. Ideally, what you're looking for is terms that have a high cost per click, low competition, and high search volume. That's ideal. You won't always find it, but that's ideal. Perfect. Say that one more time what you're looking for. Yeah. What you're ideally looking for is keywords with high cost per click, because that means the keyword typically converts, high search volume, which means that there's a lot of traffic, and low competition. Now, both of these tools list out all of that. It's still a pain in the butt to go through and figure out. So I'll also give you guys a quick hack where if you don't want to go through that, you can go to SEMrush, type in your URL, and it'll show your closest competitors. If you already know your closest competitors, just type in your competitor URLs. Not ones in similar spaces. When I mean competition, I'm talking about direct competition that's selling the exact same product or service that you are. And when you type them in, SEMrush will show you all the keywords that they're buying traffic for using paid ads on Google. It'll also show you all the keywords that they're ranking for on Google, which of their pages on their website are ranking for those keywords and how many visitors they're getting from those keywords. If you know your competition is successful, this will tell you, hey, here are the main keywords to go after. Now, it doesn't mean you should just take it as the end all be on be like, yeah, these are the keywords because this is what my competition ranks for. You should type in a few competitors, make sure they're all going after similar phrases. Because if they are and you're noticing similar patterns, that means those are probably the keywords you want to go after as well. I feel like you just gave us gold right there. That is really good. I can't even wait to test that out. So thank you for that. Okay. So I'm going to list those tools in the show notes, guys, just in case you missed them or you're driving or whatever, but make sure you check them out. One is paid, one is free. Obviously, the paid one does a lot more. Like That was really cool what you just outlined there. So, Okay. I have a a few more questions about that. How much time should we spend per week or per day in this first month doing this keyword research? Like, Also, I guess I have another question. Beyond the first month, is this something you want to do ongoing? Not necessarily. You don't have to do it ongoing, but we're going to incorporate some of these keyword tactics in month two. Okay. And after you do month one, month two, and month three, it's continual rinse and repeat. And I'll even break down the rinse and repeat process as well. Okay, cool. And in the very beginning, I guess if I asked how much time per day or per week should we do this, maybe a better question is, are we looking for a certain number of keywords? You're not necessarily looking for a certain number of keywords. You can do it as much or as little as you want. Ideally, you know, as a minimum floor, you want to have at least 10 to 20 keywords. Eventually, you want to expand into hundreds, if not thousands of keywords. And throughout this whole process, because I know a lot of your students are in health, I'm guessing they're all familiar with Dr. Axe. Yes, I love Dr. Axe. Cool. So my buddy, Mike, who runs marketing there is a friend. We can use him as examples for all of these processes. So then that way they can relate because I can break down the process Axe would use. So okay, going back cool. to month one, uh, another competitor of Dr. Axe could be Authority Nutrition. Authority Nutrition gets a ton of traffic related to nutrition, muscle building, supplements, etc. So in the research phase for month one, to go even a bit more in depth, 
Dr. Axe, what they would do is they would go to SEM Rush, type in authority nutrition, and it would show all the top pages for authority nutrition that they're getting traffic for. And this then told Dr. Axe, hey, here are all the terms and keywords that they're ranking for. And then Dr. Axe would then go into their own analytics and see, oh, we're not targeting any of these terms. Maybe we should go after them as well. Mm, okay. That's fantastic. That makes sense. And tools like SEM Rush, I have no affiliation with them, by the way. Tools like SEM Rush, and there's another one called Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S.com. They'll show you what's called content gaps. When you put in your URL and your competitors, it'll show you all the keywords that they rank for that you don't. So you don't have to really do it manually. Oh, fantastic. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Now, this is such a nerdy question I'm going to ask you, but I'm a systems kind of girl. And so I love, let's say, Google Docs. Would you store all your information in something like that? Like, how do you keep it all organized? 
you can use Google Docs. Uh, these tools save the information and reports for you too. So like they have their own dashboards. Okay, cool. Uh, and these tools are what most SEOs use because there's not too many options out there. There's mainly Ahrefs and SEMrush. Okay, cool. So they'll keep it organized. You don't even have to use a Google Doc if you don't want to. Okay, Correct. cool. All right. So update as a competitor's update because people keep ranking for new keywords over oh. time. So you don't have to like keep refreshing or doing the research over again because they continue to update it for you. Okay, perfect. All right. So now that we've done our research and competitive analysis and we have a list of keywords that we're going to focus on, move us into month number two. I know that building content is included in the plan for month two. And I've heard you say your number one job to do well with SEO is to produce great content. And I'm so on board with that. I love that. My students know that they are creating content on a consistent basis. So I feel like this is going to be a good month. Walk me through it. Definitely. And one last thing to add to month one. I know a lot of your students are beginners. For month one, you don't need to put in more than a few hours per week. Uh, and I'm breaking this down into three months because it's also unrealistic for me to tell you, hey, drop everything you're doing and just focus on SEO. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you said that. All right. That, that's good because people kind of want to gauge like how much of a commitment is this? So that's helpful. Totally. So month two, it's all about optimizing your on-page code and building content. Now, I have a question for you. Are most of your students on WordPress websites? Yes. Okay, there's a Yoast SEO plugin. I kid you not, it'll do most of your on-page SEO stuff for you. So it's okay. automated and Yoast SEO plugin is free. So Perfect. I'll link to it in the show notes. What the heck is on-page? What does that even mean? Yeah. Google reads source codes. They read letters, ones, zeros. They're reading text. Google can't see an image like you or I can see an image. What gotcha. we have to do is make our website compatible when it comes to the code to Google. So not only can they crawl and read all your pages, because a website has, in many cases, hundreds, if not thousands of pages. So if they can't read your ones and zeros, they won't be able to crawl your website. If they can't crawl every single page on your website, that means it will never get placed within Google and you won't rank high. So the Yale's SEO plugin helps ensure that your on-page code, right, the code that Google's seeing, is compatible. And even if you're not technical, you don't have to worry. The Yoast has this guide on their site on how to set up and use the Yoast plugin. It's pretty self-sufficient. Like you don't even have to do much. The only one thing you have to do is sign up for Google Search Console. Whether you're on WordPress or you're not, you need to sign up for Google Search Console. And this is a free tool by Google that breaks down how your website is doing. So not only do you need Google Analytics, you need Google Search Console. And let me explain the difference. Google Analytics will show you your traffic, but it won't show you which keywords are driving that traffic. It usually will say not provided because of data and privacy reasons. They don't showcase when people are logged into uh, Gmail or Google what keywords they're searching for. But Google Search Console will showcase that data. And ideally, even though you need Google Search Console for month two, you should install it during month one. It doesn't take much time or effort. It's like a five-minute process max. Okay. So now that you've set up your on-page SEO, because like 
seriously, you just click buttons and yells and they'll tell you <laughs> if you're doing things wrong or right. And it's super easy. That is one thing we do have on our website and I am not techie. So I agree with you. That's a pretty easy process. Yeah. And I like telling people to do it because it's like, yeah, sure. If you do stuff manual, you may be able to do a little bit of tweaks here and there that may be better, but they don't really make that much bigger of a difference. So it's like, just use a Yoast plugin and you're good to go. Oh, good to know. All right, good. And then, then it comes down to creating content. If you're just starting off, I like telling people, start off with just one blog post per week or one article. Or if you want to do video content, you can do it, but it doesn't rank as well on Google. If you want to do audio content, I love it as well. Like I'm spending more time on video and audio content. Keep in mind, I already have a lot of text-based content, but my video and audio content will never rank as well in Google. And I'm okay with that because I prefer it. Uh, At least the mode of communication because it builds a better connection with your audience. But if you want the rankings in Google traffic, you have to build text-based content. Okay. So do like the show notes of my podcast count as that? Users, we love thinking it counts, but Google doesn't really care. Like, for example, a podcast I listen to often is called Mixergy by Andrew Warner. Love it. And Andrew has all these show notes and they're awesome. But if you look at the traffic for Mixergy, it doesn't go up much because Google doesn't care for show notes. They want content that people want to read. For example, you have a podcast. I don't know if you have show notes. I do. And how the heck would Google know if they're show notes or if it's a real blog post? I That blows my mind. One, they even know if it's user-generated content. They're pretty sophisticated. Wow. Right? Like they spend so much money on their algorithms, right? They're worth $700 billion. But <laughs> it's not even if Google knows. It's if your users know. So think of it this way. I listen to your podcast. I listen to your podcast through iTunes. It may be on your website, but I mainly listen to it on iTunes. Now, even Mixergy, sometimes I listen on iTunes. Sometimes I listen on Andrew's website. And when I go to the Mixergy.com, even though he has a show notes, I never scroll down and read the show notes. I'm just listening to the podcast. Okay? Same with yours. Even if you showed me show notes, and I bet you the same with most of your listeners, they're not going to go down and read them. They're just going to like listen to the audio and call it a day because it's so much better than reading the show notes right. in content. Google can tell when people are engaged with your website. They control Google Analytics. They control Google Chrome. The amount of data they're getting is crazy. So it's not just, hey, is this text-based content or show notes? They're looking at engagement. If people aren't engaging with your content, they know it's not that valuable. They know your audio is valuable because everyone's sitting there and listening. They know a blog post is valuable because everyone's scrolling and clicking and reading and checking out the images, etc. It's not just about creating text-based content. It's about creating text-based content that people engage with, and that tends to be blog posts. Whoa. I feel like I might be screwed then because I, at this point, and we've talked about this in the business about changing this, but I don't even really have any blog posts. I just do show notes. And this is like a huge aha moment that you just gave me because I thought if I use all of this SEO strategy that you're giving me in my show notes, that just acts as a standalone blog. But I totally get what you're saying that most people are likely not reading my show notes. They're listening to my audio. Now, question for you, my audio, it is being indexed or I don't even know the right words. That's how new I am to all of what you're saying, but it is counting in some way, right? Like you said? 
it's counting in some way. It just doesn't help as much as like text-based content, like blog posts. And text-based content is probably a bad word. Articles and blog posts help more than any other form. Just look at Wikipedia. They rank for everything because it's just a ton of text-based articles. Would you suggest for, and this is not just for me, a lot of my listeners have their own podcasts or own video shows. Would you suggest that we also include some really epic blog posts that are going to get a lot of traffic, a lot of reads in order to get the benefits of SEO? Totally. Without that, you're not going to get much benefit from SEO. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that was, I did not know that. I just thought my show notes were like a blog post. So I should have known Google was smarter than that, right? So. This that's is good okay. to know. We all learn, right? <laughs> well, thank you for that. That's that's a gift because I was not aware of that. Okay. So now so, that you've blown my mind again, tell me where we're at here. Yeah. So we're at building content and let's break down the building content. There's a few things you need to do when you're writing content. The first is, again, use tools like SEMrush and you can see where your competition, like what articles they're creating is popular. And you can look at that as a sample being like, okay, Here's this piece of content that Authority Nutrition or Dr. Axe created. They do really well. Like Dr. Axe, I think, is above 20 million visits from the last time I talked to them. Jeez. So 20 million visits a month. It's ridiculous. And they're there. You're like, okay, these articles are amazing. But hey, I can write articles that are more in-depth, that are higher quality, that are better than this. You can always improve what other people have written, even if you don't think you can. Keep in mind, things change, even in the health and nutrition space. So when Dr. Axe has articles that are two years old, you can go and write better updated versions of their article, right? And publish it on your site. You can't take their content. You'd have to write it in your own words, add in your own two cents, and it has to be better and more thorough than the original piece. So that's step one. Whatever you're creating, it has to be better. Like, you know, in Dubai, have you ever been to Dubai? I haven't. Okay. So about... Have you heard of stories like how they're crazy and like they'll build these like ridiculously tall skyscrapers, yes. seven star hotels? Yes. They're, they're trying to one up everyone, right? Like they're just like, oh, I got to build a <laughs> skyscraper that's not just 10 stories taller, but double the size. So that way no one ever dares to copy us. Right, right. They, they go so ridiculous. They're like, oh, there's five star hotels. We're not going to build a six star hotel. We're just going to jump to seven. So true. <laughs> And, and that's what you want to think with your content. You don't want to be like, oh, here's this article on Dr. Axe. I want to make ours 10, 20% better. You're like, I'm just going to make it 300% better. So they're just too lazy and they won't copy me. So good. So that's the mentality you have to have with your content. Okay. Now, once you're creating your content, there's a few things to keep in mind. One, content in conversational tones do better. Just like we're having a conversation here because it's a podcast. Same with your blog posts. You can have a conversation by using the words you and I. And here's a quick example of this. Aren't you tired of going to the gym and still looking in the mirror and finding yourself not losing weight and being more healthy? I know how it feels. I was in that position as well six months ago, but I figured out the solution that changed my life. So it's like you're creating a conversation with your text using the words you or I, you're kind of using storytelling that helps make it feel like a conversation versus a teacher just talking at you. And that literally makes a difference for SEO. Yeah, because if you're a reader, wouldn't you rather read something that's engaging versus something that's dry and boring? Yes, for sure. I guess one of my big aha moments that you're teaching us right now is that 
through SEO, they really are looking at those real conversations that really matter and people really care about. And I was just so stuck in the key words and exactly the words that you're using that it's way more sophisticated. And I love that though. I love that I should be writing more conversational articles. Yeah, because Google wants to do what's best for the user. And they have all this data from Google Chrome, Google Analytics, Google Search Console, uh, the Google Toolbar. I don't know if that still exists, but it used to at one point. They're using all of this data to figure out Android devices, right? Google controls all these Android devices with their software. They want to make sure that whatever a user sees and likes and engages with is what does best because it tells them, hey, this is what a user likes. And this is a bit off topic, still related to SEO. If you do a search, you click on the first listing, you don't like what you see, you click the back listing, and you then click on number two, the second listing. If majority of the people did that, what would it tell Google? That they're only clicking on those first few. They're clicking on the first few, but if everyone goes to the first listing and they click the back button within a few seconds. Oh, that it's not good content. Exactly. And if they keep seeing this pattern of everyone clicking the back button on one of these nutritional-based or health-based listings, eventually they're going to be like, wait, people don't care for it as a number two listing. Let's just switch them out and let's put number two. Oh, gotcha. And that's why creating amazing content isn't just about pleasing Google. It's about pleasing the user because they're using user signals as we call it in the SEO industry. Okay. This is great. And any argument to create better content, I'm on board. I think content is the most important part of our businesses. And so encouraging all of us to create stellar content, awesome. So, okay, before I move on though, do we need to know anything else about more about month number two, except for the fact that we're focused on on-page, so we want to get optimized there and you gave us some cool strategies so it's not super techie and then creating stellar content. And I love that you said at least one new article a week, which is what I teach. We're going to start there and then we can do more from there. But anything else I need to know about month number two? Yeah, I'll I'll give you quite a few quick bullets. Uh, Oh, awesome. First is articles on page one of Google tend to have at least 2,200 words. Google likes in-depth content versus articles that are like 500 words. Don't just stuff your content with tons of keywords. Make sure it's thorough. So it just tells you, you know, you can write 2,200 word articles, 5,000 word. It doesn't matter on the length. It just can't be short. Got it. The second thing is, or technically would be third, right? First conversations. Second would be longer articles. Third would be use subheadings. Think of your content as a book. There's a title of the book, which is a title of your blog post. Then subheadings, right? Subheadings would be the chapters. It makes it easier for people to skim, so use subheadings. Okay. Number four, keep your paragraph short. I like keeping them around five or six lines as a general rule of thumb. Makes it easier to skim, read. Doesn't feel overwhelming. Number six, use images. Images make your articles easier to read and digest. You can even add video and audio clips within your articles. It keeps people on your articles longer and more engaged. Number seven is always wrap up your blog post with a conclusion. Feel free and even label the ending as a conclusion. So that way, if people scroll down, because a lot of the behavior pattern is people scroll down, read the ending. Then if they like it, they scroll back up and read their less. So summarize the points in the conclusion. And the next point, I forgot what we're on. I think we're at seven. (laughs) End your conclusion with a question. If you end it with a question, 
such as, what do you think about these waste loss tips? Do you have any others that are uncommon and work really well? What ends up happening is, is people then engage more and leave comments. And if they leave comments and they engage more, they're more likely to join your email list. They're more likely to subscribe. They're more likely to share your content. So you want to engage with them. And then when people leave a comment, make sure you reply. You don't want to be cold and just ignore people. You need to reply to every single comment. So I'm glad you brought up the comments because when I moved over to just show notes, we actually, I'm embarrassed to say this because it sounds terrible, but we turned off our comments and we turned them off because I didn't have the bandwidth at the time to reply to everybody. And it, I felt like a jerk and I don't want to be that person that asks a question and then doesn't get back in there. But I'm going to guess that you are going to tell me that turning back those comments and actually replying is a huge plus here. Huge plus. It builds so much loyalty. Yeah. I've got I've to revisit that for sure. Okay. So I love these different tips you're giving us. Very, very actionable. Guys, remember that we have a cheat sheet because I knew this was going to be so much detail. So you can get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash 221, which is the show notes. But we're going to keep moving on to month number three. So walk us through what month number three looks like. Month number three is all about building links and getting social shares. So let's use a quick analogy here. If you look at the presidential election in the United States, it's based on voting. Whatever candidate has the most votes in theory wins. Now, I know in the United States, it's a state-by-state basis. So you winner takes all of California or all of Texas. But in theory, it usually is around whoever has the most votes wins, right? So. Right. That's the same way the internet works. The way search engines deem which site should rank at the top is, in many cases, is whoever has the most votes. There's two types of votes. Links, one website linking to your website, that is an endorsement of vote saying, I vote for Amy. I think she should win. Another form of vote, and this doesn't directly impact your search rankings, but it indirectly does is social shares. So the more people that share your content on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever social platform you're using, it also helps. The reason social shares help is the more people that share your content, the more traffic you get. The more eyeballs you get, the more engagement you get, the better engagement you get, the higher rankings, the more people that see your content engage with it, you get more email subscribers. Some of those email subscribers may even link to your content from their website. So indirectly, social shares also help with rankings. Okay. And with links, there's multiple types of links. So let me ask you a question. If I'm running for president and President Obama endorses me versus you endorsing me, what do you think carries more weight? (laughs) President Obama. Exactly, right? Because he's a former president. It yes. needs to be more of a proper subject matter on politics than you would. I'm not saying no. <laughs> Listen, I totally agree. <laughs> right? On the flip side, if I was in the Facebook marketing space and I was teaching courses and people on how to do well on Facebook, if President Obama told me, hey, if you want to learn about Facebook, check out Neil, versus if you told people, hey, if you want to learn more about Facebook, check out Neil. Who do you think would carry more authority in this? Well, I still think Obama, but we'll give it to me this time. <laughs> yes. Even though Obama has a lot of power because he's president, you right. have more authority because you're a subject matter. Obama probably 
even though he's awesome, he probably has never run one ad on Facebook. Maybe his team has, but I don't think he's ever created a Facebook ad. Right. So Google doesn't just look at who's linking to you. They look at, is that person linking to you relevant? So a marketing site voting for another marketing site is much better in the eyes of Google than a dog website linking to a marketing website. Okay. So relevancy, that's, that's big here with these links. Yes. Yeah. So you want to get relevant sites linking to you. Now, in addition to relevancy, you want to get authority as well. So what makes Obama amazing vote is not only if I'm running for politics, not only is he someone in the political arena, but he's also a former president. It's just like saying, if Joe, the Facebook marketer talked about me and you, Amy Porterfield talked about me and both of you do Facebook advertising related comp stuff and you link to me and Joe, the Facebook marketer links to me, your link carries more weight because you're more of an authority in the Facebook space and marketing space in general than Joe, the marketer who's not known for anything marketing related, even though he's in the space. Oh, interesting. Okay. So those authority links are going to be incredibly valuable with this as well. Yeah. So it's like a double whammy. You want relevant links and ideally relevant links from the most authoritative people within that space. I know this might seem like a silly question, but I'm just trying to think of an example. Like, How am I getting these authority links? Yeah. And and this is the next step. So in three, the way you would get the authority links is there's a tool called Ahrefs. We briefly discussed it, but not much. Ahrefs.com. You can put in your competitor URLs. Remember how we use SEMrush to see yeah. articles your competitors are writing that are popular? Yeah. And you're writing better versions of them, kind of like that skyscraper method that we talked about where you want to be two to three times better than them. Yeah, we're one-upping everyone. Exactly. You can take those URLs of your competitors, put them in Ahrefs, not their homepage, but the specific URLs where you created better, similar content. You take those URLs, you put them in Ahrefs, it shows you every single person and website that's linked to them. What? Yeah. Jeez. Okay. What do you do with that then? You then take that list and you can export it into Excel or whatever you want. I don't. I just take them line by line, type them in, and go find the contact person for each of those website owners. It's really manual and tedious. But once you get the list of contacts, I then go and email each website owner being like, hey, Amy, I noticed you wrote this blog post on Facebook advertising and you even linked to X, Y, and Z website. I have a similar article, but mine covers all these points that that article didn't even touch on. So good. Yeah. And if you like it and you feel it would also be more valuable to your readers, feel free and link to it. Okay. I mean, I know it's manual, but I could see somebody who's going all in and they're going to make this work. It is worth your time and effort. Exactly. And you may email a hundred people and maybe five only may link back to you because most people won't even answer the email and that's okay. But it's a numbers game. You don't need a lot of links to do well. If you're getting, you know, 10, 20 links a month, it really adds up and you can even find people on Upwork to help you with this. You're not having to manually send out the emails. What we do is you can pay people on Upwork to send, create the emails and put them as, save them as drafts. And then you can go through them, approve them and just send them out. 
Oh, nice. Okay, good. So I could see where a lot of what you're talking about, and I'm kind of jumping the gun because I know we're not fully done with month three, but you could get a VA to help you with a lot of this. Totally. And you should. Okay, cool. Talk to me about where guest posting plays a part in this for month three. Guest posting doesn't work as well as it used to. Okay. Guest posting, like you shouldn't use it as link building because it could, Google doesn't like people maliciously building links. They would consider this a gray area. Guest posting is amazing to get more awareness because you want more people to know about you. So if you write amazing content on like Entrepreneur, Forbes, or Huffington Post, or any site within your space, like a Dr. Axe, it'll help you build up your authority because you can be like, look, I'm providing value. I'm writing these amazing articles on popular sites like Dr. Axe, where they have millions of readers. They're seeing your content and it just helps build up your brand in the space so you can get more of a following on Facebook, build up that authority. And then eventually when you produce more content, you'll have more awareness because all these other people have heard of you. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so it's it's valuable, but not in the way that we might have thought it could be valuable for SEO in terms of the links and such. Exactly. I like using guest posts to build up your brand. Okay. Because if Dr. Axe is really well-known in your space, why not try to submit articles because they're looking for more content? Same with the WebMDs of the world or the Authority Nutritions and growing your brand that way. Okay, cool. So you are a fan of that, which is good to know. Yeah, and okay. what I would do. Yeah. It, there's another tool called BuzzSumo. I'm sorry for all these tools. No, the, this, the tools are awesome. I can't wait to list all of them. So what's it called again? BuzzSumo, B-U-Z-Z-S-U-M-O.com. Okay. You put in keywords and URLs. You can even put in key, like the URL of the competing article that you did the, you one up and put that into BuzzSumo. It shows you not only how many social shares it has, but it shows you each and every single person that share that article, like on Twitter, and you can reach out to those people and ask them to share your content as well. Oh it's my really gosh. simple. Like, you know, hey, Lewis, I noticed you shared this article from Amy called 11 Ways to Optimize Your Facebook Ads. I created a similar article, but mine has 101 ways. <laughs> To optimize your Facebook ads. And maybe Lewis Howes would share the article, right? Maybe he won't. Exactly. I love that you said Lewis and I knew exactly who you meant. That's too funny. Wait, I, this is going to be so off topic, but do you ever watch Saturday Night Live? I do. I haven't in years. But I, I haven't either. But do you remember the, the chick on Saturday Night Live that was the one upper? Like, have you seen that skit? Oh my gosh, it's so good. But I I keep thinking of her every time we're talking about making our content better. Any of my Saturday Night Live fanatics will know, but it's so good. But I like this idea of a lot of my students get stuck. Like, what do I write about? I I can't come up with any more ideas. But if you look at somebody's article and you think, oh, I could do that better and I could take it to a whole nother level... You're not ripping off their content. You're getting their idea from them and you're making it your own and you're making it better. So right there, it's going to fuel some creativity. So I love that idea. Totally. And the cool part about BuzzSumo is you can even type in keywords like Facebook advertising, marketing, nutrition, uh, weight loss, losing weight, and it'll tell you all the popular articles that were written in the last month, six months, five years that are on those subjects. And you can see what people love. It'll help you spot patterns and trends. And then you can be like, oh, these are the ones that do well. Oh, these type of weight loss articles don't do well. 
I should stick with the ones that do well. And this will help me come up with ideas. Oh, I'm completely going to use this because like I said, we were talking about adding more true blog posts to our website and I don't want to waste time with topics that might be good, but not great. So if I use this tool, I'll know what is actually pulling in the traffic and getting a lot of eyeballs. Yep. Okay, cool. I'm going to do that. All right. Anything else for month number three? That's it. Okay, cool. A lot, but that's pretty much it. And if, if I had to break down how many hours to spend per week, yeah, you shouldn't spend more than 10 max. 10 max. Okay, good. This is good. My students love to know where they should be spending their time. All right. So let me summarize this. You tell me if I get it right. So again, we've, we've got the cheat sheet so everybody can use it. But month number one is research and competitor analysis. So it's all about the keywords. And you gave us a lot of strategies there. So what we're looking for. So I'll include that in the cheat sheet. Month number two is optimize your on-page code and build stellar content. This is where we learned about the power of one-upping. So I love that. And then month number three is build links and getting social shares. So is that kind of it in a nutshell? That's it. Yeah. I can't believe how incredibly valuable this was. I was nervous about this episode because I thought, I have a feeling it's going to be over my head. I've always been intimidated by SEO. And although I won't be the one person doing this on my team, my content manager is going to take this and run with it. I feel like I really understand it. So I cannot thank you enough for helping me with that because now I'm actually excited to do it and then brag all over the place about our big results. Awesome. And I can't wait to see your results. Yes. I'm going to keep you updated for sure. Thank you so very, very much. Can you tell my listeners where they can learn more about you and all the stuff that you've got out there? NeilPatel.com. I teach all this stuff for free. You do. And you have some amazing videos. So I cannot wait till... If anybody's new to you, I cannot wait till they get introduced because they're going to fall in love. So Neil, thank you so very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. And I'll tell you what, as you know, when I started this episode, I was very scared and very confused of SEO. But as Neil laid out the roadmap for SEO, especially a three-month plan that is incredibly doable, I don't feel as confused anymore. And I'm certainly not scared to tackle it. And I hope that you are not either. So let's make a pact. You do the three-month SEO plan I do the three-month SEO plan, and then let's talk about it. And the perfect place to talk about it is inside my Online Marketing Made Easy Facebook community. So make sure to come over to Facebook, find my group, join that group, and I'll be talking about my progress with this SEO plan. And I want to hear from you as well. So I'll see you in the group. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I've created a really fantastic three-month SEO plan and tracker, and it's a free guide for this episode. So all you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 221. amyporterfield.com forward slash 221. I want you to grab that freebie, print it right away, tuck it somewhere that you're not going to lose it, and then mark your calendar to start the plan as early as this week or as late as next week. Like get it on your calendar. I'd love for you to block out a few hours every single week to devote to your SEO plan. That's exactly what we're going to do on my team as well. Are you subscribed to my podcast? 
Because if you're not, I want to encourage you to do that right away. I don't want you to miss an episode. There are a few podcasts that I listen to religiously, and I love that I know every time they have a new episode that comes out because I get a notification. So no matter where you're listening to this episode, make sure you take the opportunity to subscribe so when I go live, you'll know all about it. Also, I've been adding some bonus episodes that I don't email about. And so because of that, you want to make sure you're subscribed so you know exactly when a new episode goes live and you won't miss a thing. Okay, guys, I cannot wait to see you again next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for being here and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.